0: TheWellnessCoach.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys. I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam. I'm Dr. Damian Kristoff.
1: And I'm Dr. Brett Hill.
0: And this is the Wellness Sky Show, a weekly show dedicating to bringing wellness into our lives. Today, we have a very special guest on the call today. His name is Michael Skog. He's a certified neuromuscular therapist and uh, personal trainer, also a Czech Institute graduate of one and two, who, who we had Paul check early on in our podcast, uh, and also the American Kettlebell Club certified as well. He's a world-renowned kettlebell coach and educator, leader in the fitness industry since the 1990s, when Brett was just a little wee one, stationed in <laughs> Scotland, while serving serving the U.S. military, he was introduced to kettlebells by the Highland Games competitors, which is fantastic to hear. I'd love to hear that story. Um, he instantly saw some superiority in the full body training and has continued to share his knowledge and expertise with a vast range of clients and to you guys now on the and Guy show. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you. It's good to be here.
1: So, Michael, let's let's start from the start. I mean, that Highland Games story sounds like a pretty good spot to start, but, but how did you get into to the fitness industry to start with?
2: Um well at the time I was a I was in the military I was a soldier and uh, part of part of life was being fit now uh, we we didn't always get to pick and choose uh the manner in which we got fit but um at this at this stage in my game um I I had that luxury and I was living next door to a highland games competitor and I used to watch this guy uh work out every day by carrying rocks and and throwing logs and and uh, swinging a kettlebell um and it it just seemed like if there was something heavy he was picking it up and walking with it or hurling it across the yard and it, it just got the best of me and and uh one day I asked uh what he was what he was about what he was up to and he told me that that was part of his training regimen and it just it was the kind of uh, approach at training that made him strong at everything, and it it sucked me in. And he put a kettlebell in my hand, and um, really, that I, I just haven't uh, I, I haven't set it down since.
1: So, uh, Michael, when you're talking about Highland Games, like I'm imagining one of those guys with those massive logs that they flip over into. Like, is that the kind of thing we're talking about, or am I way off base here?
2: No, that that's that's exactly it. Um, <laughs> and this and this guy was massive. He was he was six uh, six six 300 plus pounds he was just a just a massive man and I, I was 17 at the time and I wanted to be him <laughs> I wanted to be massive I never got massive though <laughs> but I didn't get strong um, as a result of uh, swinging bells and, and just um, lifting odd loads
3: you, uh, you actually look massive, Michael. Uh, you know, looking <laughs> yeah. at the uh, on the internet, you look you look huge, uh, especially compared to Lawrence and myself. Uh, Brett tends to eat a few extra kangaroos and what we do, so he's uh, he's definitely bigger than what we are. But I, uh, I love the idea of functional fitness and uh, and swinging a kettlebell around um, obviously takes your body through different planes of motion, and it appears to be quite a functional way of exercising. Do you think it's the ultimate functional way of exercising?
2: Well, it's certainly my message um, in fact I have a gym that's dedicated specifically to kettlebell swinging so um, I, I think it's the best tool in my box yeah it looks great it does look great and,
3: and a lot of fun I've done it before um, I haven't yet ordered kettlebells I know Lawrence is doing it that's what he was saying before but uh, I think after looking at uh, your videos and reading more about it I think that's something I want to get in my bag as well
2: nice
0: it's definitely one of those um it's, it's a great workout i mean i've been i've been i tried kettlebells a couple of years back and my personal trainer you know put me onto it and one of the things was tough it was because um, i had a disc injury and it really sprained like it really created a lot of problems for me every single time i used kettlebells but so i stayed off it for about a year and a half two years and i just started back onto it to give it a try and i'm um, not sure if it was just better technique this time or whatever but i've been i've been loving it and uh like i said just before the podcast i am just about to order of kettlebells as as we spoke um just after this call so it's uh, i'm looking forward to it now michael just talking about kettlebells like i mean obviously people on this call may not have even heard of what kettlebells are and uh or even you know where to begin now if they were going to start with kettlebells where where would you suggest them to start off with because i mean it's pretty you know when you look at kettlebells it's kind of scary it's like this massive you know massive weights and they think i don't even want to touch that so where would you suggest people start with kettlebells
2: um i would tell them to find a a good trainer a a reputable trainer Mm -hmm. um you as as you know you, you put a tool in your hand that you don't know how to use and you start moving it around you can hurt yourself and this this is no exception i mean this thing is a wrecking ball if uh, <laughs> if it, you're not trained properly so first place i would say is um find the right guy to teach you how to swing it and whether that's in a club or that's um that's in a in a at-home DVD system. Um, Well,
0: you have a virtual system now, like you just told us on the call, that, uh, you know, you have a virtual gym that we can actually get you to train us. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, We have have something called virtual SCOG, which is, um, it's basically us in our gym. It allows you to be a member of our gym from across the world. And uh, we have quite a few members from all around the world Um who have purchased our DVDs and realized that sometimes uh, the shipping and the customs charges um, don't make the purchase worthwhile. But you get to avoid all that when, when you go the virtual SCOG route and it's really, it's slick. Um, You you get to work out with, with my team as well as, as well as me. And uh, you get to see what the gym looks like. And and I don't know, it's fun. You know, we act like knuckleheads. It's, it's good. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what, they literally can be wrecking balls, these things. You said that before, but I know when I first started using kettlebells, there was at least one occasion where I actually let one slip and it did go flying across the room. So you do need to be careful with these, but... um when people first start out, I mean, there's a huge array of exercises you can actually do with a kettlebell. Like, people often think of it just as kettlebell swings, but there's a, there's a huge amount of different exercises you can do with it as well. You know, what, where, where's a good spot for people to start? Like, do you get them starting on kettlebell swings, or are there other movements you like to integrate first?
2: Um, you know, I, that's a good question. I have six basics that I teach everybody when they come in for the first time into the gym. And uh, and I teach them in a specific order. Uh, it gets it goes from uh, easy to more difficult. And I start with a swing, and then I I go to the clean, um, the press, the squat, the high pull, and then the snatch. And I I finish with the snatch because it's really uh, taking everything you've le- you've learned up to that point, putting it all together. And the snatch is definitely not. Um, a, f- a basic exercise, but it's it's probably the most fundamental in in swinging bells.
3: Michael, um, I was in a CrossFit gym just the other day, and, uh, and I noticed that there was quite a lot of kettlebells there. Has it become one of those things where kettlebells, and you see it just in, in normal everyday gyms as well, is it one of those things now that kettlebells are seem to be that good that they they can't be replicated there's nothing else really that I can think of that uh, that kind of replicates that movement. I think it's almost one of those things that everybody
2: needs to do. Would you agree with that I would agree um the way they're created is uh, you know they're they're just very unique at their handle positioning so every every time you move that thing around you get a push and a pull essentially in the same exercise and and in the training world, pushing and pulling i mean that's it's two of your your foundational movement patterns, and you get that in one nice neat package and some and most often in one nice neat movement
0: i I actually don't even know when where kettlebells started from like do you happen to know where who invented kettlebells and what what's the history behind kettlebells
2: yeah um there's a mythology that was created by um by the Russians uh, back in the forties uh, reportedly, they took on the kettlebell as their national training um, lift. Well, it, it goes back, gosh, it goes back to Mesopotamian times. Mm. In in fact, uh, what is it? 200 AD or BC. There's a, a painting of a kettlebell on the tomb, the Beni Hassan tomb. So, I mean, Really, who invented it? We don't know, but there's evidence of it going back to uh, even before Christ. So it's been around a long time.
1: Oh, cool. <laughs> that, that is a fair while they've been around. So, uh, listen, Michael, I've, I've got a question again. Just, I guess, coming back to, you know, beginners and when people are starting, like what sort of – when you you start people off on kettlebell swings, what sort of weight do you like them to start with?
2: Oh, boy, that's a that's a tricky question. Um as you know, they they jump up in uh, in graduations of nine pounds if you're buying uh, a metric version. So to to put a nine pound kettlebell in somebody's hand, it's it really within a matter of seconds. It almost feels like um, you're swinging your fist around. So I have a tendency to start off women with an eighteen pound bell and. Um, and I'll I'll put a 26 pound bell in a man's hand, and that's if they're they're beginners to fitness. Now, if they're really deconditioned or dealing with some sort of um, dysfunction or imbalance, uh, you know, I'll, I'll address the weight um, as needed. But generally speaking, an 18 pound in a woman's hand and a 26 in a man's hand—that's that's, that's yeah. a pretty good starting point.
1: Okay. And, and obviously, for those of our fans who are in Australia, we've got a lot of American fans too. But for those in Australia, they know that you know it's about half of that is a conversion into kilos. So if you kind of divide that by two, you're, you're pretty much 2.2. Uh, 2, but you know, divide that by two, you're pretty much about right? Um, I, right. I've got a personal question for you, Michael. And I love kettlebells and I love swinging kettlebells and doing all sorts of stuff with them. But... Um, what I want to know is when I'm doing kettlebell swings, like, do I ever get to a stage where my hamstrings don't kill two days afterwards?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <I> don't <know. laughs>
2: yeah, no, it, it, it's an effective way to, uh, to nail the backside, isn't it?
1: yeah you certainly like it's one of those exercises i find that i get to the end of it and and i don't feel like wrecked like i'm like you know that was a good workout i can feel it i know about it you know i've had a good workout but i'm not necessarily sore like straight afterwards but yeah two days later it's like (laughs) it's just been (laughs) smacked up the backside you're like wow that's i can feel that (laughs) i don't want to turn everyone off of doing this because they're so much fun it's great but uh but i certainly feel them hey um one of the other exercises I just love doing with a kettlebell is a Turkish getup. You know, do you do a lot of those, Michael?
2: Yeah, we sure do. In fact, um, for my 45th birthday, I had uh, I had the entire gym do 45 Turkish getups for me. <laughs> nice. so, so, for <laughs> some of us
0: who actually don't know what a Turkish getup might be, like, just what is that? Could you describe it for for our listeners?
2: Sure, absolutely. Um, you can start from two positions. Typically, we start standing on our feet um, with the kettlebell overhead uh, lo- it locked in position. And then you make your way to the floor. And what it, really the, the object is to stay underneath your load the entire time. And it's a real uh, a real mindful movement pattern. So uh, you hit, um, gosh, you hit right angles. That's it, probably the, the best way to to talk about it without seeing it mm. you work your way to your back and then uh from there you stand back up
0: yeah i, I love uh, that's what i love about uh, the working with kettlebells because you do have to engage like every part of your body oh, yeah. and it's not just one part you know like a not just going to a gym and just do some bicep curls it's about engaging muscles that you never even realized you had and because uh, you feel it the next day but it's actually you know requiring all those other muscles too as well to just balance yourself even just to hold this thing and move it around your body and swinging it around or just pushing it upwards and it's an amazing workout to be able to combine everything and this is what we've been talking about on the wellness guy show about functional fitness It's great
3: this yeah. all sounds in uh sounds incredible and michael i didn't mean to cut you off there i just i'm i'm so interested in this i'm just wondering what's a great place for a beginner to start what would we do as a beginner would, would we be doing six reps eight reps ten reps how long
2: would we do it for where do we start um, you know, I like to use a four to one ratio. So if I work out for four minutes, I like to take a minute break. Um, it just, it just works. It just works for, uh, for our bodies. So, um, if you're going to swing for a minute, rest for 15 seconds. Uh, that's a, that's a pretty good rule. Mm. I have a tendency to work out to the clock as well. Um, I, it's really easy to get stuck in a rep counting rut and uh, so often um, people have a tendency to approach their workouts like well I'm going to do three sets of 10 here and then I'm going to move on to this exercise in three sets of 10 and who knows did you really do much with three sets of 10 or did you leave gas in your tank mm, um, true true if you go to a clock you know you you're, you're not busy counting you're clock watching <laughs> <laughs> how many 4 minute rounds but, uh, you to do you do for example um I would uh, if you were a beginner, I would uh, start with three four minute rounds, and then as you get more conditioned, um, start adding uh, rounds to your your uh, list.
1: and uh, And like, as you get and further into that, Michael, play, do you play around, that, with, that you around play. with that a bit? Like would you do uh, like ladders or uh, you know different variations and maybe some you know some uh, timed reps and you know do you mix that up, or do you tend to just stick to that four minute 15 second routine?
2: Oh, uh, wow. we mix it up. We use all kind. We have a pretty long format at list and rounds is one of them. Intervals. We run Tabata. Uh, let me see pyramids, ascending and descending sets, giant sets, super sets. Now I don't know if all this stuff is, is, is hitting <laughs> its mark, but, um, really my point is we don't stick to just one method. We like to mix it up and keep the body guessing because as, as we all know, uh, messing with with the body and 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 throwing surprises at it keeps you well keeps you changing Mm. so
0: if we were to start out like a home gym using you know this because you you do have some some dvds for home in terms of uh, having these kettlebells what are some of the like other than the kettlebell of course obviously you want to have an equipment um to have is there anything else that we should you know do or have around the house to ensure just a great workout i mean obviously you shouldn't do it on tiles
2: yeah yeah i was gonna say a rubber mat to cover your floor is always helpful (laughs) (laughs) um in in the gym we like to use uh body weight um exercise as well so i i'm a big fan of of suspension training Mm. yeah. So you, you get hooked, in, hooked in overhead, and you can mix a kettlebell with uh, some suspension training and come up with a really nice workout plan. Um, we use physio <laughs> oh, balls. Yeah.
1: So you, you got to explain that, Michael. Like, what are you doing, yeah. hanging up there? with I, the I just got this just... visual, and I like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh my god, that's
2: so hardcore." <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe that blended together a little too much. <laughs> uh, so so if, if I were to set up an interval, I'm like, I might uh, do knee tucks with my feet in my uh, suspension trainer, and then get out and do swings right, um, okay. with my kettlebell. Yeah, because
1: <laughs> we thought you were doing them both at once. I yeah, like, yeah. Wow, that's, I that's, imagine, that's Michael, I actually <laughs> imagine Michael like
0: one hand, you know, doing a, a, a chin up or something, and the other hand with a kettlebell, you know, doing, hanging off in the middle of the air. <laughs>
2: That'd be a um, good post. Hey, Michael,
1: one of the other questions I wanted to ask you about with the kettlebell swings, one of the questions that often comes up is like the Russian versus the American swing style. Um, you know, do you have a preference for either of those? Do you like to do both? Like, what, Which way do you usually go? Um,
2: you know, I have a powerlifting background. So um, I'm, I have a tendency to follow the world uh, lifting technique, which is using your hamstrings, engaging your hamstrings and breaking at the hips. So you have two long levers essentially rather than three levers uh the russian style has a tendency to um, use more quad driven force rather than posterior chain so i i think i think you get a more effective and efficient power output um using the world style so uh breaking at the hips i i'm not a big fan of the russian style it's it's it works it's been around a while it has a big following but it's not it's really not the best one out there
1: and and what about in terms of the height of the swing like do you swing right up or to head height or right up above head
2: um you know we we go to chest level uh, unless we're doing a specific swing that that uh, calls for us to go to a different level like we do a stall swing that takes you directly up over head and you do exactly that. You bring that bell to its apex and you stall it out and then you drop it down with control. So uh, whether we're doing just a chest level swing or an overhead, it's, it's called out during the workout.
0: Pretty cool. Um, Michael, regards to kettlebell, um, obviously there's going to be, or maybe there isn't. Is there any sort of specific injuries that people might have or you know, old injuries that they might have that you would not recommend kettlebells for, for people to do? <laughs>
2: Well, if if you're suffering from a low back or a neck injury, I would certainly, um, I would creep into this. I'm not telling you don't do it Mm. because it may be exactly what you need um, uh, to strengthen your spinal erectors and such. I mean, it's it's a great way to build a bulletproof back, but Mm. boy, oh boy, I wouldn't start in the deep end.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's why you mentioned that when you when we asked the first question at the beginning was that you got to find a really good trainer, like you got to be have someone, you know, helping you train. I think also too with kettlebells, because it's not not that it's awkward, but some of the movements are awkward, and you can't see yourself. And I think sometimes it's really important to actually have someone watch you do the movements so that you're performing those those correctly into technique. Because I think that's when you when you're out of technique, you can really create a lot of problems when you agree
2: yeah absolutely um yeah there's a mental checklist you need to follow. You don't just put in your headphones and uh throw an autopilot um you really have to yeah to be there for every single rep and I think that's one of the draws as well is, is you just don't check out you're there
0: would you be able to, you, you t- mentioned about this checklist like is there could you actually go through that checklist for us like you know for people who, sure. who yeah it'd be great
2: um well, something you're going to hear me say all the time is squeeze your butt. Mm. So when you're at when you're at uh, extension, hip extension, um, I, I'm not going to ask you to lock out your knees. I'm going to ask you to lock out at the hips. And at the same time, you're going to squeeze your butt. Um, this almost creates a doorstop for your low back so you don't hyperextend through the lumbar. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I tell people to keep their shoulders back, their shoulder blades pinched in their Rib cage tipped up, and that will keep you from rounding your shoulders and dropping the chin. Uh, um, I tell people also to dig their big toes in uh, to engage your entire kinetic chain from the from the floor up. Um, I cue a lot with the hand. I, I don't like uh, the thumb deviating and pointing to the back of the room when you're swinging through your legs that has a tendency to pull your shoulder down and, and your hips then mimic your shoulder. And, uh, and it creates this torquing force. So boy, I, you know, I'm, I'm barking out all kinds of cues whenever I'm running a class to be really mindful of, of these areas. And and if you do that, you're not going to get hurt. It, you may not need my coaxing or my coaching, um, all the time, but <laughs> you're going to get it.
3: <laughs> sounds unreal i actually want to fly through this beginner phase i'm actually quite excited at the moment now i'm a, a pretty competitive kind of guy is there you know there's crossfit world
2: games is there a kettlebell world games <laughs> not, not yet but uh, the scog games is certainly something that uh, that has has come out of the mouths of of a few so that might be in the works All right. Tune in. Tune in.
1: Nice. We look forward to seeing you competing that day, and clenching those butt cheeks together. It's going to be great. (laughs) That's what got me. That's what got me. (laughs) Hey, uh, Michael, one thing I'm curious about is, uh, you know, you've been doing this for a long time, and and one thing we know about our society is we seem to be becoming more and more sedentary. We seem to be sitting more and more. And, uh, and one thing that tends to do is really tighten us up in those hip flexors. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why kettlebell swings can be so useful. But have you noticed a real difference in that over time, like in terms of the conditioning people are starting with when you're starting training with them?
2: Yeah, yeah. A lot of people come in with that rounded shoulder posture and, you know, kyphotic. And um, and you swing a bell, you're not just working flexibility, you're working flexibility with resistance. So you're getting strong as well as flexible. Mm. And you can watch people's posture change in a real short order. I, it's, it's, a pretty, it, it's pretty evident.
1: And, and do you find that it can significantly alter people's flexibility? Like, for example, I know for myself, I have a tendency to be relatively tight in the hamstrings. Um, and I do find that, that they get a good stretch when I'm doing kettlebell swings. I mean, do you find that over time that repetition actually increases the flexibility there? Or do you find they need to do stretching, you know, sort of separate as well as their kettlebell swinging?
2: Exactly. Hamstrings, shoulders, you, know, you, you get a, a former meathead who's all locked in through the shoulders uh, from limited range of motion. You put a kettlebell in their hand and they'll be breaking through to new flexibility bests. It's, it's, it's nice to see.
1: So, so you find they can do that just with the kettlebells without necessarily having to do the other uh, flexibility training as well? Absolutely. Yeah, Cool. All right, good. I'm going to have to get into it and get some more of those. So, um, Michael, you mentioned before about the uh, the suspension training as well. I mean, can you take us through like what sort of training you like to do? Like a few different examples of some exercises people could perhaps throw in with their kettlebell training to make up a bit of a you know just a set routine for themselves that they can play around with.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like compound movements. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's not to say that isolation doesn't work for me either, but, uh, boy, I'm you know i about efficiency. So, I, I try to yeah. mix in as many mo- movements as I can get in one one effort. So, I like to, uh, with my suspension trainer, I like to do a s- uh, squat in a row um, in the same exercise. I like to do a lunge and a fly. Um, I will do a curl with a side lunge. Lunge as well um, so if, if I'm going to use a kettlebell swing as as one of my intervals I may take my lunge fly and and uh, combine the two and run that for a three-minute round and uh, and call it good and then move to a different part of my body so um, sus- suspension training is uh, we're big, big we're big on it at the gym um, we use battling ropes uh, we beat on tires you know anything that's <laughs> dynamic and explosive, and we can call therapeutic. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, what we're doing. I love
1: it. <laughs> and another bodyweight exercise? I mean, what about like chin-up bars, those sort of things? Is that something you'd
2: use? Yeah, yeah we love chin-ups and pull-ups. That's um, kind of the military in me, though. <laughs>
1: <But>. <laughs> so how, you're a big guy, Michael. Like, How many muscle-ups can you do? Cause- this is something I'm working on, and I can't do one and i work i really want to be able to so give me some inspiration here
2: um i can do uh I can do roughly thirty pull ups uh from a dead hang nice nice uh, <laughs> that's, that's, all right. uh,
3: that's that's not bad Michael not bad. <laughs> yeah thank you. <laughs> Good job, good job. Uh, it it seems that there's a bit of a blending of all the different types of exercise types. And you know, for the wellness guys, listeners, you've heard us talk to uh, people about MoveNat. You've heard us talk to people about uh, gym-based exercise, functional fitness, functional training. Now, kettlebells. There's plenty of different options for many people out there. Obviously, this is one thing that you can do. What I like about this is that you can do it in your own backyard. You can do it in your front yard. You can do it in your front window. It depends on how much you want to show people. But Just obviously. Don't, so let go, get,
0: don't, <laughs> let don't let go though. Don't let go. That's right.
3: <laughs> and you can do it in a gym, of course. So there's plenty of ways, different, you know, different areas in which you can do this sort of exercise. And um, it seems to me to be a very easy way to get fit. Agreed.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: and, and I think that's one of the real benefits of the kettlebell is it, it's pretty low cost. Like you know, the, the actual kettlebell itself, you know, they. They're not super cheap, but they're certainly not expensive as far as exercise equipment goes. Uh, but the the range of stuff you can do with just I mean just one kettlebell, you know, the amount of different exercises and different ways you can muck around with that and exercise with that. And and as you said, using you know large portions of your body at the same time and getting a really intense workout in a really short period of time. I think you know as far as one piece of equipment, you know, the kettlebell really is. I think one of the best ways you can go if you're just getting started and you think what one piece of equipment should I get? Then the kettlebell is a great place to start, I reckon. For yeah, sure.
0: I yeah. think so too. Yeah. Michael, yeah. thank you so much for your time and, and your knowledge. Um, you know, we do apologize to our listeners that there was a bit of cutting in and out throughout the, the podcast, but that's just the way it is when we're trying to get great information, but we don't want to you know, have to hang up and restart again. But Michael, From the other side of the world. Yeah, from the other <laughs> side of the world. Thanks <laughs> the for getting tip. up early for us too as well. Michael, um, if you want to know more about Michael Skog, uh, go to Skog. Uh, kettlebell.com that's s k o double g kettlebell.com he's got tons of information there michael's also got a couple of dvd series and you know like he said he's uh, at the beginning of the call we talked about this virtual skog uh, which is where you can actually train with him and you just watch him and you can just become a member so i think that's a great way to do that so thank you michael really appreciate your time
2: oh thank you, you. right Our- it's been a pleasure well th-
0: great Well, it's great having you on um like always guys go to the wellness couch.com leave your comments below this particular episode and tell us what you think but more importantly go to facebook.com slash the wellness guys because we will love to really just you know c- connect with you guys and also have a conversation about you know your experience with kettlebells and more importantly for damien there make sure you go to itunes and give us a five star rating because that's what he loves and five uh, family five only five five stars only and tell your friends and family about the Wellness Guys. so until next week begin creating wellness into our lives lead by example and let's change the world's health together join join us next week on the Wellness sky show This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
1: Hi, it's Dr. Brett Hill from The Wellness Guys and that Paleo Show here. I'm so excited to be barefooting my way across to Melbourne to share with you the absolute latest information for your body your health and your life. Even better, I'm doing some of my best mates from The Wellness Guys and The Up For A Chat Show, as well as some of the absolute world leaders in wellness, including David Gillespie, the author of Sweet Poison and Big Fat Lies, and Nicole Bilgema, the country's number one authority in creating a healthy home. The Wellness Summit is 10 hours of powerhouse wellness on Saturday, August 17 at Crown in Melbourne. Go to www.thewellnesssummit.com to book your tickets, and we can't wait to see you there.